You are listening to Holy Words from Holy Cross, the sermon podcast of Holy Cross Evangelical Lutheran Church in Nazareth, Pennsylvania. We hope you find these words a blessing in your daily walk with God. Please visit us on the web at www.holycrossnazareth.org or in person at 696 Johnson Road, Nazareth, Pennsylvania. Be thou my vision, O Lord of my heart, not be all else to me, Well, as most of you know, I'm a guitarist. I'm starting out with a guitarist story this morning. I was reading an interview recently with jazz guitarist Vernon Reed, and he was asked to name, uh, with all his Grammys behind him, he was asked to name his three major influences. And he only named one jazz guitarist, and that was a guy from his local neighborhood growing up in Brooklyn. The other two guys, one was a classical guitarist, and the other one was Jimi Hendrix, interestingly enough. And uh, that surprised me a little bit. Whether you like Jimi Hendrix's uh, music or not, he was a tremendous influence on other players because he developed so many techniques on the guitar. And um, he said what influenced him about Jimi Hendrix was, was not so much his music, but his attitude. Saw him interviewed one time on The Tonight Show. And Johnny Carson said to him, says, how does it feel to be the greatest guitarist in the world? And Jimi Hendrix laughed and said, well, I can tell you how it feels to be the greatest guitarist in this chair. Humility. The greater, the further we progress in something, the more humble we become because we are comparing ourselves to the people above us. Another magazine I read years ago, Eric Clapton had visited J- Jimi Hendrix in, their, in his hotel room one time, and when he walked in, he found albums by Bach and Handel. And he picked them up and he said, really? <laughs> and Jimi Hendrix said to him, he says, yeah, man, I listened to all that stuff. <laughs> the more we make progress, the more we feel our lack the more we feel our needs because we're comparing ourselves to those who are greater than us. And Charles Spurgeon, the great 19th century evangelist, said, said, for the person who is deeply in grace, they are the most humble person in the world because they do not compare themselves to those around them. They compare themselves to the Lord Jesus Christ. They're not only the most humble, they're the most compassionate because they know their own struggles. And they can have compassion on the struggles of others. This is exactly what we see in John the Baptist as our reading commences this morning. They come to him. Are you the prophet we've all been waiting for? See, at the time that Jesus was born and John the Baptist, his cousin, was born... All the Jews were waiting for the return of the great prophet from the Old Testament who had never died but been carried up into heaven by God, Elijah. They were all watching for his return. Are you Elijah? No. Are you the Christ? Oh, no, 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 no. He's the one coming after you. I'm not even worthy to untie his sandals. John the Baptist prepares the way for the Lord. He is the fulfillment of Isaiah's prophecy that one will come to prepare the way for the Lord and to make straight His paths through the wilderness. 
And he says, I'm not even worthy to untie the sandals of the one who's coming after me. As we go deeper, as we become more flooded with God's grace, as we become more familiar with His Word, isn't that how we feel? I can't hear a command from God's Word and not feel my lack in it, especially because Jesus, in the Sermon on the Mount, includes not just what I do with my body, He includes what's going on in my heart and my head. This is tough stuff. And it would bring us to despair were it not for the fact that the one whom John the Baptist proclaims, the one who's coming after him, the one whose sandals he is not worthy to untie, that one comes not to give a new command, but to give grace and truth as it says in that first chapter of John's Gospel from which our reading is taken. He comes to give His life for ours. He comes to call us not servant, but brother. He comes to give everything that we can have anything. If I compare myself, as Dr. Spurgeon said, to the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave up all that it was to be God, and took up all that it was to be a servant, that I, a sinner and a rebel, might have eternal life? I can't help but feel my distance from that kind of love and that kind of self-giving. The more this cross is, well, I should say, the less it's around my neck and the more it is in my heart the more inspired I am to become like Christ. Not crushing myself with the burden of following the law, but learning to be fulfilled in the way He was filled full. Full of God's grace and truth. Sometimes that goal is so high and so far away, it can almost seem untouchable. So let me give you, I'll close my sermon with an example a little closer to home. But still an amazing person. How many of you know the name Booker T. Washington? Okay, hey, that's great. (laughs) Um, Booker T. Washington was probably the most important African American of the late 19th century. He was born in slavery and rose to become the head of the Tuskegee Institute, the major movement mover and shaker in civil rights in his era. He was an advisor to President Roosevelt and Taft, Theodore Roosevelt. And one time he was walking in Alabama to the Tuskegee Institute where he was the head and the professor and a woman standing on the porch of her house yelled out at him, Hey boy! Come chop this firewood for me. She was just a product of her culture. She thought that any black person walking by her door was someone who she could call upon to do it and tell them to do whatever she wanted to do. Dr. Washington rolled up his sleeves and he went up 
And he chopped her firewood. He not only chopped it, he came and he laid it and he stacked it up inside her house for her. Then he put his coat back on and went to the Tuskegee Institute. Well, the woman's neighbor saw what had happened. She runs over and says, Do you know who you were just talking to? Do you know who just chopped your firewood? He's going to go see the president later this week. <laughs> and she was mortified and embarrassed. And she ran to the Tuskegee Institute and she got admittance to um, Dr. Washington's office and she came in and she apologized profusely. And he said, he just raised his hand and said, Ma'am, there's no need to apologize. I like doing favors for my friends. To have the humility, no matter what heights or depths we rise or sink to in this life, to give over our pride, our position to serve others in love. That is the example that our Lord Jesus Christ sets for us. And here's the amazing thing about Dr. Washington is in imitating the example of his Lord, he was already free. No amount of oppression from the outside could change the freedom he had in his spirit. And that is the kind of freedom that can unleash a tremendous power for good in this world. That is the freedom we are given in Jesus Christ. When God says to us, you are not justified by yourself, you are justified by my Son. So don't cling on to that old dying life, but be born anew through the grace of my Son. That's the God who's coming. We await and proclaim in this season. Let us pray. Gracious, holy, and heavenly God, mighty Trinity, one God, in the person of Jesus Christ, you have shown us what true freedom looks like. Born in a manger in the poorest corner of the empire, dying as a criminal and yet free beyond the measure of the greatest kings of this world. In fact, he is king of kings. And Lord, as we watch and wait for his coming, we ask that you make us like John the Baptist. Help us to compare ourselves not to anyone but him. And so to have humility and compassion towards those around us. And let us look only to Him for our hope that we might not be crushed by our lack, but instead set free to be the people You call us to be. Help us, O Lord, in this, in this our great endeavor. For it is Your Spirit who can give us that power cry out for that spirit in this Christmas season in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Be thou my vision, O Lord of my heart, not be all else to me.
Sleeping that presence, my life. 